Mulaney, Omaha. Live. You like that? You like that? In the entertainment capital of the world. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Play action. Has some time. Deep shot for Parker. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh, my goodness, the legend just goes on. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 And a good Friday to you. T.C. Martin Show coming to you live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be on the Las Vegas Strip or anywhere here in Vegas whether it is food, entertainment, and of course, the luxurious sportsbook here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Ballpark Frank in the house here today. Our good friend Brian Benowitz, of course, our gracious host here and special guest today. We're bringing in another Super Bowl champion here today. And now a Las Vegas resident. You probably remember him from his days, of course, with the Washington Redskins, winning the Super Bowl with them. And yes, I did say Washington Redskins. Thank you. It's fair. Yep. Former Raider, Jay Schrader in the house here today. Jay, what's going on, my man? Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, it's great to have sports back. It's finally, finally coming back. And, you know, pretty soon we'll get folks back in the stands. So I'm excited to be here and uh, be a part of everything's going on in, in Las Vegas. And your Big Ten football starts this weekend. So yes. uh, that's always fun. Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, one of those Oregon players that opted out, Panay Sewell, who is probably going to be the number two draft pick. You know, I actually coached he and his brothers in high school up in St. George, Utah. And, wow, uh, good. Phenomenal family. Uh, let me tell you, at six foot six and a half and 340 pounds, uh, the one thing I told Nick Saban when he was recruiting him, I said, Nick, he's our best athlete. Wow. Not only is our best player, but he's our best right. athlete. He was uh, just phenomenal. Uh, he's got great feet and just, as I said, a great family and had the privilege of coaching he and his brothers. Uh, his older brother played linebacker at Nevada, and his younger brother is a DB at Utah. So quite a family. There it is. All right, so a lot to cover on the show here today. Our best bets will come a little bit later on. We'll give you our three best college plays, three best NFL uh, special guest handicapper, Jay Schrader here. So th- there we go. Uh, a lot of people who have sat in that seat uh, have done pretty darn well with some best bets. So you got a lot to live up to, my friend. Well, it's going to be a guess because that's all it is. I mean, let, let's be honest. It's all it's nothing but a guess here, you know. And, and gut that's what feeling. Frank says all the time, yeah, every it, week. It, it's, have you seen my record? <laughs> yeah, my, my record hit the tank last week. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to bring up that, Brian. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, was a, it was six and zero in the wrong direction. Uh, oh, there you go. Some there bad you. picks and some bad breaks, and that that's what'll happen to you. I, I'm yeah. still struggling to pick in this pandemic, and uh, but I'll get back. I'll, I'll figure it out. You'll bounce back, no yeah. no doubt. And all of our best bets up on the website, including Scott Sprites or Matt. Matthew Holt and Adam Joseph of our good friends at Opportunity Village all up there at tcmartinshow.com. So we got football to talk about. Like you said, uh, Big Ten is coming back this week. Pac-12 next week. Uh, UNLV actually will be playing this week as well, too, on the road at San Diego State. And uh, UNLV actually will made an announcement today that uh, they are allowing fans at their home opener against UNR next week. But a little bit different than what we talked about. The news came out today that they are going to allow only 3% of the stadium to have fans. You do the math, that's only 2,000 fans. 
that they're going to allow in the stadium. It's a, norm, even, it's a normal UNLV game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was waiting wow. for the sound effect wow. there. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But, but there's usually more Reno fans down here than that. Right. And and they <laughs> and they play Reno next week, and tickets are on sale for $110. A chance to go in the new stadium. Governor Sisolak said you can have up to 10%, and I think there are a lot of people excited that they would get a chance to buy tickets, go to the game. That'd be 6,500. Still, mm-hmm. is going to pale in comparison crowd-wise in a 65,000 seat. Dome Stadium, but now only 2,000. Is, is, is this the, even worth it? Well, here's the question: Is 2,000 seats? Is that the players' families? Yeah, I gotta believe it's family and friends for the that's, first game. That's what, that's what I gotta it believe. Sounds like to me, and then they'll they'll, they'll, they'll grow it. No, no, that. these tickets are on sale. So, are, so yeah. is, that, is, <laughs> is that in addition yeah. to yeah. the family? Yeah, it's in addition to. Okay, so yeah. there's gonna be right. more than 2,000 because I was right. like. Right. Uh, but, you know, 2,000 tickets yeah, on 2,000 to the public. Okay. Yeah. 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 So right. is it first come, first serve for tickets? Is there a lottery to try to get the tickets? Because i got to imagine that because of the new stadium and everything else, that there's got to be more demand than 2,000 tickets. Well, of course there's more demand. But, right. again, with social distancing and they're trying to be protective of everything here, they're just limiting to that. I no, mean, I pe- understand people, that. People are going right. to get shut up. But, yeah, it is a, a first come, first serve uh you know, basis here. So well, it's yeah. certainly the first sporting event in Nevada that has fans. Is that correct? That would be. Yeah. yeah. So, that would be so, correct. I mean, did, maybe it's, maybe the, it's walk uh, before they run. Didn't the soccer team have some fans at one of their games, their last game? It could it could be. I, I yeah. think the I lights had you, a, you might, a certain amount of fans have, at their yeah. last game out at Cashman. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this: I have been, I have been in the stadium. The stadium yes. is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is phenomenal. Uh, I love the fact that when you walk in, you're on the mid-level. The field is down below you. And when you walk out um, to your seats, you can see all the way around. So uh, as far as a fan interaction, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is. Um, they've done a tremendous job. And I don't know, I've never been in another stadium where you can be inside and look outside. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just the way they've designed it. The this attention to detail that they put into it is amazing, and I can't wait for, you know, everybody to get in there and really right. start, you know, all the Raider fans to get in there for a game and really start hooting and hollering because it's going to be quite the experience. And I know you are still very close with the organization, do a lot of work with, with the Raiders, mm-hmm. and since they they relocated here to Las Vegas, you've been very, very involved, and I noticed you have a brick outside the stadium. Correct, too, so we got to tell did. everyone about that. Well, Mark, Mark Davis has... Uh, made a brick program out there and you can actually buy a brick if you're a fan or whatever but what he did is he took everybody that's ever played in a game period whether it's one game one play just on the bench everything else has a brick out there so everybody that's ever been in a Raider uniform for a game has a brick out there so very honored to have it It, not only do I have a brick out there at the stadium but they've actually made two identical bricks and I have the other one at home Excellent. So it's it's quite the That's momentum, excellent. you know, momentum, and uh, I can't wait till I bring my kids and my grandkids and and walk them over there and you know, right. they go, hey, look, you know, because I know I know right where my brick is. They showed me where. I'm. That's a long career. A lot of guys don't make it past three or four. So uh, you you got to be lucky and, and fortunate to stay healthy.
All right, Jay Schrader in the house joining us, the former quarterback and, of course, the former Raider for five seasons as we're talking a little NFL, reminiscing a little bit, and we've got all kinds of stuff to talk about, too. Jay, I know you're a baseball fan, too, right? I am. I am. Right. I actually, you know, a lot of people forget that uh, I actually, I, I used to kid Joe, uh, Bo that I was Bo before Bo. He, he just, <laughs> That's uh, right. Popular. Uh, I played four years for Toronto in their minor league right. system uh, when I was coming out of high school, and uh, so I love baseball. It's still Still probably my favorite sport. Got to be a pitcher, right? No, I was a catcher and an outfielder. Really? Yeah, I was a catcher. I, and, uh, I can see that. I like Jameis Winston. I was, uh, <laughs> when, I came, when I was coming out of high school, I was touted as the next Johnny Bench, which wasn't a whole lot to live up to. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right? You know? I mean, Johnny. Uh, Only the I, best I, ever. Yeah. I, I mean, he was my yeah. idol. And I'm yeah. like, you're going to be better than Johnny Bench. I'm like, uh, how about if I just get a chance to play? You know, and then we, we go from there. So Does that mean you had a uh, an episode on the Partridge family as well, too? <laughs> no, I did Frank not. Was, Frank was just watching that last night. He was he just telling me about it earlier today. 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. They Johnny Bench, and they just have him playing a waiter. Yeah. They yeah. didn't even play Johnny Bench. <laughs> yeah. Why, why would you have Johnny Bench in the, in the, in the cast? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, if he's not going to play himself. But, uh, and we were no, kids. Johnny, Johnny's you, a great guy. You used to watch the, uh, the the baseball bunch with Johnny Bench. I mean, come on. you got to love that. It could have been Jay Schrader. Jay Schrader's bunch. Yeah, it could have been, but it wasn't. It is what it is no but johnny's a great guy and uh yeah no i love baseball and uh, to this day i still love baseball and i think it's going to be a heck of a world series i'm growing up in la you know going to high school out there i'm a big dodger fan got to meet all those guys in the 70s and 80s and tommy lasorda i was down on the field with a bunch of those guys and and all that so i'm a dodger fan at heart but uh, i'll tell you what the the rays pitching what snell did the other night was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was on point, and uh, it's tough to beat good pitching. So it's going to be a great series. All right. We are going to preview game three when we come back. Also touch on some big NFL games over the weekend and best bets as well. We are live at the Cosmopolitan Football Friday. Frank Harnish, Brian Benowitz, Jay Schrader, our special guests in the house right here live. T.C. Martin Show at the Cosmopolitan. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. We love the weekends, especially here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Come on down, check it all out, whether it's gaming, entertainment, the food, and, of course, the great sports book here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. We have got game number three tonight, World Series action. We break it down for you. Jay Schrader in the house, our special guest, the former quarterback. And uh, we're talking some Raiders, World Series, and a whole lot more. Very active sports weekend here in Las Vegas. All right, Jay, so let's talk a little bit about the World Series. You touched upon it before we went to the break, but uh, Dodgers got off to a great start in game number one. They win that game eight to three, and just about everybody out there thought, okay, this could be a sweep. It could be five games, yeah. and like I said, it's the old Janet Jackson scenario. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. Then here comes game number two, and the Rays come to life. Now everyone's talking about, wait, wait a minute now. This yeah. is a six or seven game series here. For the Dodgers tonight, it sets up pretty well for them because you've got Walker Bueller going. Right. Actually, the Dodgers will have their three best pitchers really going the next three, three games. games yeah. Bueller, Urias, and then mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw, Kershaw, who looks like his postseason very, uh, troubles very, are over. By the way, very glad for Clayton. He's been too good of a player to struggle in the postseason, mm-hmm. so it's nice to see him have some postseason. But, you know, Walker Bueller's going to throw for the Dodgers tonight, but the problem the Dodgers are going to have is – you know, the Rays have got Morton throwing. Can they hit Charlie Morton? That's the question. Hit, that's yeah. the question because yeah. he's given up less than a run a game in his yeah. last five or six postseason starts. So, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, the timely hitting. It, it's amazing to me 
watching the games throughout the playoffs. And Dusty Baker said it when the Astros were struggling. Both teams are so good at this point. When there's a guy on second base, who can get him in? With that two-out base hit, who's the guy that's going to come through? And, you know, the Rays did it in game two with the bottom of the order that everybody said, you know, is not very strong. They scored three or four runs, you know, on the bottom of the order. And all of a sudden, Lau gets hot and he hits a couple of opposite field home runs and everything else. So it's going to be a series and uh, the pitching's going to dominate. And, you know, the hitters are going to have to come through and get a timely hit. I think a lot of people are thinking we're going to have a low-scoring under possibility tonight with Bueller and Morton. Like I said, Morton has been lights out. Morton has got that experience. He's has been here a couple of years ago, you know, with the with the Astros. Astros yeah. But we know what these Dodger bats can do. And you know, when you look at Charlie Morton, I mean, he has a history of being hittable. But just in the postseason, especially this postseason, he he has been lights out. Yeah. Well, the thing that's unique about the Dodger lineup that they've had going for the last couple of years is from the leadoff hitter to number nine, they can all hurt you. Everybody can go deep. Everybody can, you know, get on a get on a roll with the bat and everything else. So the depth that the Dodgers have is what they're going to have to rely on. Um, and it was evident in, in, you know, in game one, Kiki Hernandez comes off the, off the bench and, you know, gets gets a big hit and did it again, you know, in yeah. game two. And uh, that's what they got to have to rely on. And that's, that's the strength of the Dodgers is, is their depth. You know, a, a lot of people thought the last game might be an under, and all it was lower scoring than the first game. Both of these teams have such good offenses that if their bats come alive, any of them can score. But both of them also have very good, you know, we hear a lot about Tampa Bay's bullpen, but the Dodgers also have a bullpen. They had the best oh, bullpen yeah. in the National League. So it kind of seems like the, the MO for success for either one of these teams is to get that lead and then hope that your bullpen can hold it out there the Dodgers, I think, maybe have a little bit more livelier bats, but Tampa Bay is maybe a little bit underrated with what they can do with the bats. Well, I agree, and I think what people forget at this time of year, these are the two best teams. Let, let's be honest. I mean, okay? record-wise, they were the two best teams, They're the too, two yeah. best teams, yeah. okay? And, you know, everybody at the beginning of the year was talking about the Yankees and everything else, and the Rays went up there and said, hey, watch. We play better than you. Okay, just because you're the Yankees and, and all that doesn't mean you're the better team. And they proved it, and they proved it over the years. So these are the two best teams offensively, you know, and pitching-wise, they're the strongest depth. Now, who's going to win out? That's yet to be determined because it's a nightly basis in baseball. And that's the beauty of playing the game of baseball. You have to do it every night. World Series game number three tonight, 5 o'clock. Looking forward to it. Bueller and Morton. Uh, we'll see what happens here. And, uh, you know, Corey Seager, he's been the star. Seven home runs in this postseason. Uh, in the ALC, ALCS, you know, Randy Orozarena was the guy. He really hasn't gotten untracked here. So it's always the unsung guy when it comes right. to the postseason, especially the World Series, and who's going to be that guy. But, you know, Seager has done it in every round of the postseason. He's really probably one of the few guys that's done it. And I think Dodger fans are waiting for Mookie Betts. You, you, you pay him the, the, the big dollars, and we've seen some of it. And especially in that last series, in yeah. the NLCS, we saw some shades of it, but really not so much here the first couple games. Well, it's funny because Mookie really hasn't gotten the big, big hit. But what he's done on the baseball field other than that has been remarkable. The catches in the outfield, the throws, the running the bases, um, you know, scoring on that – ground ball the other right. night that didn't even get out of the infield. That was due to him getting a good lead, getting a good secondary, and, and a great jump. And uh, so he's done nothing 
all over the place. Seager is locked in. He's unbelievable. Uh, he is on it. You watch him play the field. Everything is smooth. Doesn't seem like anything bothers him. He's taken a full rip every time he takes it back. back. So uh, he's been really good. I think, you know, you have to look at you know, a couple of the other guys. You got you got to get Bellinger going a little bit more on the consistent basis. Okay, uh, Muncy's done a great job. I mean, he's got what 12 walks already in right. the postseason, so he's getting on base. Uh, so it, it's going to be fun because I think you know up and down both lineups, there's guys that can get it done. You know, and you look at the Rays lineup and. You know, you get down there at the bottom and you go, hey, well, this is the catcher, Zeno. Man, he's capable of hitting it out of every ballpark there is. So you got to be careful there because if you throw him the wrong pitch, he'll hit it 450 feet too. You know, TC, you mentioned a Rosarina, and I want to get your thoughts on this too. You mentioned hits that don't even get out of the infield. Remember that last at bat that he had where he hit the dribbler down to third, he beat it out. Yep. His reaction and his emotion just being on first, pumping his fist and like, right. I finally got the monkey off my back. Now maybe I'll get rolling. And I don't think a lot of the novice fans out there realize how mental some of the games is that once you get that thing. Is a simple infield single like that something that could get him rolling? when you're? Because you know as an athlete, <laughs> when you're confident and you feel your best, you generally play your best. When you're pressing a little bit, that's when you don't. Could something that simple be the thing that gets him rolling? You know, you, you mentioned that, and I think it's the momentum and the pure joy of playing the game is what you have to have. And you see it in the younger guys. And I'll be honest with you, because I was watching the Dodgers series versus the Padres, and the Dodgers didn't have that until the Padres got into some games and they were hooting and hollering and they were excited. And all of a sudden, the, the Dodgers were like, hey, we need to do that because that that's contagious and they've continued that but it's all about having joy and yes those little things you know i mean he's you know he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark and then he struggles for a game and a half and he hits a dribbler and he realizes my speed can get me on first base and you know what he did and that helped his team and the bottom line is what everybody keeps saying is move it to the next guy do your job keep to get the a line team, moving, right? Keep the line moving, yeah. get it to the next guy so that he has the opportunity. And, you know, no better case than when, when the Dodgers scored eight runs with two outs. Right. I mean, they just kept moving it to the next guy. And the next guy was like, well, I'm not going to stop it. But, you know, mm-hmm. let's focus in and get it done. Yeah. All right, guys, we transition into uh, the NFL here. And, uh, of course, locally, here's some big news. The, uh, the COVID has actually hit the Raiders. And we yeah. mentioned a little bit yesterday, you know, starting right tackle Randy, uh, rather Trent Brown yeah. tested positive on Wednesday. The entire offensive line was sent home. Uh, the NFL has placed uh, five players on the COVID reserve list. All of the Raiders starting offensive line is, is at home right now and hasn't been practicing the last few days. So the Raiders and the Buccaneers with Tom Brady coming to town. This game was scheduled for the NBC Sunday Night Football, the primetime game at 520. But NBC said, hey, if there's going to be some issues here, we're moving this game out. So the game has been moved to 105 to more of a regional game on Fox now. So, again, as of now, the the Raiders and the Buccaneers game 105 on Sunday. So the NFL sounds like they are going to press forward here. They're going to – they want this game to be played. Uh, So – some, some, you know, it's been breaking news. They're they're watching this very, very carefully to see if anybody else uh, comes in contact with this, or if these these tests uh, continue to uh, to be positive. But the last report we got a few hours ago that all offensive linemen tested negative, negative. again today. Correct. So so that is a good thing. So 
Jay, let me ask you, you know, the importance of, of having your offensive line together and practicing. Now the Raiders are coming off that bye week, coming off that huge victory at Kansas City. You have the bye week. There's been some speculation, maybe even some rumors that uh, the offensive line guys were maybe out somewhere, something happened, who knows what. But as you know, when you have that bye week, you basically have a week off. And then you come back to the facility the Wednesday of your back to practice again. And so the Raiders not being able to practice with your you know, entire offensive line, how much does this, this hurt this team, but from a quarterback perspective, and what's Derek Carr going through right now? Well, the problem with doing the offensive line, the offensive line is the only unit that really needs to work together cohesively because, I mean, you look at all the other units, the defensive line is, you know, the linebackers work in conjunction with them, you know, to, to a point. But all that, I think the biggest problem with the Raiders now is I think the linemen will be back. They won't have practiced, but they'll be, you know, I think probably four of them will be back. I don't know about Trent, he'll, if he'll be back, if he can get the negative test in time. But I think there are other ones will. But the problem is the other positive test was Abrams, the safety. Right. That's a big loss. Right. That, that to me is a huge loss, especially if you're going to go against Brady. I mean, you, you got your, your young stud back there that's the, the anchor of your secondary. This is not the week that you can afford to lose him. So, um, yes. The practice time together of the offensive line is going to hurt. But here again, you're into game seven of the year. You've had training camp. It shouldn't be that hard to get back into it. Uh, you know, they'll probably their bodies will probably feel a lot better being sitting at home because they're not doing a whole lot. But, right. uh, uh, you know, it's the good and the bad. The problem is they're, they're not listening to Derek and they're not getting the audibles, you know, firsthand and, and, and mentally going through them like you would on a normal week. So uh, their preparation's a little different, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be interesting. I hope they get to play the game because that's what you want to do. But uh, you also hope everybody's okay too. Yeah, it's difficult if, if they don't play the game because there's, they've already had their bye week. Right. Mm-hmm. So what does the NFL do? The NFL is now getting in a p- position where they almost got to force them to play with the secondary team. Right. And it, it makes it very difficult uh, moving forward to know who's going to play and who's going to be out there. And that's why the game's off the board, obviously. Right. right. But it's, uh, you know, trying to wedge this thing into 17 weeks, 16 games. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe that everybody's going to get a full season. Well, it, you know, what you've seen already with the NFL, what they've done is they said, okay, we're going to give you a couple of days here, and you're going to play on a Tuesday, right. but then you're going to have a really short week the next week. And that's tough on the players, too. So, I mean, if you maybe you're like, hey, we get a couple extra days here. Now you're looking, I think Kansas City was playing three games in 19 days or something. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, without, that's some without, wear and tear. Without a preseason. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. it's got to be very difficult on these yeah. guys to, to focus yeah. and be on that and follow all the COVID yeah. protocols. It's, yeah. it's, it's got to be very, very hard on them. Correct. And from the offensive line standpoint, I mean, most teams carry, what, eight offensive linemen? Eight, yeah. Some yeah. teams carry nine, but most yeah. of them carry eight. That's what eight. I'm saying. So, yeah. Eight, you know, nine at the most. And you're taking away five right now. Yep. You, you know, you're in trouble. What do you yep. do? So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that's an ill. As a quarterback, you're like, oh, Lord, please don't. But, you know, unfortunately uh, for Derek, uh, the defensive front of Tampa Bay has been playing really well. So mm-hmm. you want your linemen mm-hmm. back and you want them ready to go. When you look at this game with the Raiders and the Bucks, 
and you see what the Buccaneers did last week to Green Bay, where they were just flawless. Uh, offensive line didn't, didn't give up a sack. Uh, Brady looked good. We saw that connection with Gronk. That seemed to return. And the defense for Tampa was, was fantastic as well, too, and what they did to Aaron Rodgers. So when, when you break down this, whether you're going to be missing key pieces on the offensive line, how much of a shot do the Raiders have here? Because we've seen what the Raiders did against Kansas City. We saw what they did against Drew Brees and, uh, and, and the Saints. Yeah, I mean, it, they have a shot. They're going to have to play really well. Um, there's no question about it to beat these guys uh, coming in. They're in a tough. They're in the tough run of their schedule. The Raiders. I mean, they've got, they've got back to back to back games where they've really got to, to hump it, and they need everybody as healthy as they can. Uh, the funny thing about the the Buccaneers is, last week in that game, the first quarter. Green Bay completely dominated, and then they just flipped the switch on them uh, and played very well after that. So um, the thing I like about the Raiders is they're actually getting the big play back into the offense, which gets everybody excited, which helps your defense because, you know, the defense now knows that, hey, if we need to, we can score quickly. Uh, In the years past, it was always like if they got down by 10 points, they were like, "Uh, we just can't score that quickly. We don't have that type of talent, but they do now. And – so I think that helps. I help it, it helps the overall psyche of the football team. But, um, you know, let, let's hope and pray that all the linemen are healthy and they can go out there and, and give it their best shot because everybody wants to be – everybody wants to see games where the best are against the best. That's the bottom line. You, you know, one thing that we often hear people talk about is the home field advantage. And certainly it's a little bit different this year without the fans in there. Is there a home field? Right. Might sleep in your own bed, that's it, right? Is there still a home field advantage in the fact that at least you're sleeping in your own bed, you're with your own town and that? Or sometimes you unite more as a team when you do go on the road? Because I know that Carr mentioned that when they were in Kansas City, one of the reasons that he played good was because for the first time ever in Kansas City, he heard Raider chants because there weren't as many fans there and he could actually hear them because they didn't have to scream over 70,000 people. Right. Yeah. I mean, what you have to do as a player, no matter where you are, is make it a positive. You you have to go in with the mindset that, you know, hey, look, we're going into Minnesota. I remember going into Green Bay in Minnesota back in the day, and you're like, oh, geez, please be 30 degrees, you know? <laughs> and you wake up, and, you know, your phone rings, and it says, good morning, Mr. Schrader. The outside temperature is minus three. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And then all of a sudden you realize, Hey, wait, I'm in Minnesota. They're a dome. Let's go, you know, and, uh, but you have to make it a positive wherever you are. And I think that's a little easier now because there is no crowd. I mean, the old kingdom, Kansas city is a great place. Pittsburgh where the fans are on you all the time. Uh, everything else makes it a little more difficult, uh, without fans. I think it's a little easier to concentrate. All right, guys, when we come back, we'll dive into our best bets and, uh, We'll also take a, a look, a brief look at, at last night's game as well, too. I want to get your thoughts on, on that, Jay. But then uh, we're going to give you our best bets, three best college plays, three best NFL plays. We are live here at the Cosmopolitan on a Friday. Jay Schrader, the quarterback in the house, the former Redskin, the former Raider, hanging out with us here today, Ballpark Frank, along with Brian Benowitz, live at the Cosmopolitan T.C. Martin Show on a Friday. More from your favorite sports radio physician. Wow, that's the best news I heard in a dog's age. The Dr. T.C. Martin. Glad to have you with us live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, our Friday home each and every Friday. Of course, in studio Monday through Thursday, Jay Schrader, the quarterback in the house with us here today. And uh, ballpark Frank, Brian Benowitz. 
don't forget, Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, your home for the best food, entertainment, gaming, and the luxurious sports book here at the Cosmopolitan. Come on down here. We've got UFC action early tomorrow morning, ballpark. I know you're kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, trying to go someplace and check that out. Love the UFC events, and uh, the main event should be, uh, should be great. What, what, why wouldn't you go anywhere from here? <laughs> what what yeah, are you talking we're, about? We're, we're opening Click. It's 10 a.m. for well, UFC. I, I, just are for you. you guys showing it? It's yeah. a pay-per-view. So. It's, it's at Click at 10 a.m. Okay. We're opening early just for you. Okay, see, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm glad that I brought that up then because Perfect. I didn't know. Yeah. Because no, not every place shows pay-per-views all the time. Are we going to have these sliders without the tomato uh, available at the Click uh, tomorrow oh, morning? Now he's getting, now he's getting picky. Yes. Now yes. he's getting picky. Yes, no tomato. The tomato, the, the meat slides off. you got to take that off too, too little. Hey, yes. Jay, wow. Jay, yeah. Jay, we have high Look standards here. We have high standards here with this show in the Cosmopolitan, wow. okay? We go into Click. It's a ritual, you know? Yeah. we got wow. the screens going. we got the great food. You can't beat the Click. Wow. I mean, getting picky. Let's not yeah. have the tomato. I mean... What, you, hey, your hands not, don't work? At least I listen, have an excuse. Uh, I've been beat to hell, but what's your problem? You know, my problem, <laughs> I have no problem with the tomato, but Brian will tell you that Christy with a C from Canada said no tomato on the sliders. Yeah. Oh. That's where it is. It's our, it's our friends in Canada. That's, okay. I think it's a Canadian thing, Brian. It's a Canadian thing, yeah. Well, hope, hopefully she was very cute and made the comments. So. Well, you know what? they got the best chicken wings on the planet in there, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. We do a lot of pregame in there, and, uh, of course, 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Be ready to go for All UFC right, UFC action. Can't wait for that. All right, time for our best bets. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, we're going to give you our three best college plays, three NFL. Ballpark, start us off. All right, I'm going to start off with the college, and I'm excited to see Big Ten football back. I would love to take Ohio State, but it's too many points, so I didn't take that game. But I'm going to take Penn State minus six at Indiana. Uh, Penn State looks like maybe the one team that could maybe challenge Ohio State for the conference title. So I like the Nittany Lions tomorrow. Going to take Coastal Carolina minus five and a half at, uh, against Georgia Southern. And then I don't always like laying big numbers, but BYU's playing great this year. I think if they want to get in the mix and get serious talk, they have to keep on winning. They have to keep on winning big, especially against the teams like uh, uh, Texas. And uh, so I, I'm going to take... Uh, BYU minus 28 against Texas State. Wow. All right. Look at that. Double B, what do you got? I stuck to the Big 12 this week, all three little chalks. Uh, I'm going right back with West Virginia, even though they gave up that kickoff to hurt us last week. (laughs) Uh, Texas Tech is not a good football team. You're only laying three. It's a huge revenge game. They were down 35-10 last year at half. Turned the ball over four times, but outgained them. I think you're going to see a big effort from them in Texas. Going to slide over to Oklahoma State. I think they're a sleeper this year. They're playing some great football. Uh, they were able to beat um, Iowa State last year uh, on some big plays, and the big plays are exciting. So even though they only snapped the ball 55 times, they got 400 yards, and I think they're going to roll into Iowa State, who I think is a little bit of a pretender, only laying three points. Lastly, I'm going to go back with OU. Uh, I don't like this TCU team at all. Uh, <laughs> last year, I, I think I had OU in this game. They laid 18, but they were up 21 nothing, and they gave up a 98-yard interception return for a touchdown. Uh, out, we were, we out, were both on that game, yeah. if you remember. Right? Out, yeah. Outgained yeah. them by 300 yards, yeah. out first down yeah. them by, by 19. It, there's not enough difference between this. They've had the two weeks off to get the uh, defense in line. You're only laying a touchdown. 
take the Sooners. There it is, Boomer Sooner. All right, Jay Schrader, what do you got, my friend? Well, I'm going to go a little unconventional here. My first one is I'm going to I'm going to take Tennessee in the points with Alabama. Uh, 21 points yeah. is a lot of points, and Alabama's coming off a big win win last week. I think it's going to be a little slower for them this week, you know, and yep. uh, all that. And it'll be a good reason for for Nick to go ahead. So I'd like Tennessee with the 21 points. Uh, the other one I like is Oklahoma State over Iowa State, three and a half. I think Oklahoma State's going to uh, roll. They they have an offense, and I think they can score a lot of points. So I, th- I think they're going to win by more than three and a half. Then the other one is a little unconventional. I'm going to go with Auburn over Mississippi. Okay. Mississippi's played well, but I think Auburn's going to rise up and, and play. And, uh, you know, that's three and a half points, so I'm going to take Auburn in the points there. Listen to the quarterback. He comes in here. He's delivering right now. He's ready to go. He's not he, calling any audibles here. Hey, he's, let's he's, go. he's a Vegas guy already. He now. got that right. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, guys. Here we go. I'm going to start off with the Irish. I'm going to get delayed. Uh, now this line's down to 9.5, which I'm liking, under under 10. Notre Dame is at Pitt. The Irish had an ugly 12-7 win over Louisville last week, so I expect a more focused performance from Notre Dame. Uh, the Indy offense, as we know, could put up points, guys. And Ian Book in that running game. You know, Notre Dame has had a 100-yard rusher in five straight games. Pitt is jockeying between two quarterbacks, and Brian, you know how you and I feel about all that. Kenny Pickett didn't play last week. He's been their starter. Joey Yellen is a freshman. Uh, he didn't fare too well last week. He was sacked three times. He fumbled twice. I think that they're, they're not going to be able to move the ball against this Notre Dame defense. And again, I, there is real no home field advantage when you're talking about Pitt and playing in Heinz Field, especially with no fans anyway. So I think Notre Dame wins this game by double digits. I'm going to go Texas Baylor here. I know a lot of people thinking this could be a shootout, as we always see in the Big 12. But, you know, Texas has lost two tough games in a row. They've had the bye week to regroup. Uh, We remember that crazy game against Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. But remember, Texas's offense is number one in the country. They average 50 points a game, 495 yards per contest. Baylor, on the other hand, remember, they had to shut down their program for 10 days. We didn't know Baylor was going to come back. They came back to practice last Sunday. They have, there's two good quarterbacks in this game with Ellinger for Texas and Brewer for Baylor. But I think the Longhorns get the win here. A little hesitant about laying nine, but I'm going to do it. I'm with you guys with Oklahoma State and Iowa State for pretty much the same reasons. Uh, I think uh, Oak, Oak State is, is getting their starting quarterback back, yeah. uh, Spencer Sanders as well. And then Chuba Hubbard's a monster. Tylen Wallace, they got so much offense. It's high-powered, and I think it's going to pose trouble. And, Brian, I'm going to agree 100% with you. I think Brock Purdy overrated. I think Oklahoma, uh, Iowa State is, is phony, yeah. and, uh, and I think Oak State uh, you know, gets them there in Boone's Pickens Stadium <laughs> there in uh, – Wherever in the heck is still water. Still water. Thank, thank you very water. much. Yeah, where's the black and some orange? Yeah. There, you go. there you go. All right, ballpark. Give us some NFL. All right, in the NFL, uh, I think Cleveland's going to bounce back. I think they were embarrassed in their last game. They're playing Cincinnati. Uh, I, I like Cleveland to win that game by more than the three, even though it's uh, it, it's at Cincy. You know, I can't stand picking the Packers, but they're having a pretty good season. I think they also bounced back after last week, and they're playing Houston. He seems to be struggling quite a bit right now. The Packers only laying three and a half. The hook could come to scare me, but um, I'll take the Packers in that one. And then I, I almost went the other side in this game, but I didn't want to take, like, all the favorites in there. So I'm going to take Arizona. I'm going to take the three and a half against Seattle. Seattle's been winning, but they've had some close games there. I think Arizona's bounced back. 
with two back-to-back 38 to 10 lead wins. I know they haven't been very good teams, but maybe this is a, if the Cardinals want to stay in this race, this is a game that they got to win against a team like Seattle because it's a pretty tight division there. Yeah. Double B. I'm going to start off with the Atlanta Falcons. They, uh, they they played well for their new coach, and they figured out how to finish a game. And uh, they got Detroit coming into town. So uh, laying less than a field goal, I'll take uh, the Falcons. Steelers were so impressive last week, it was unbelievable. I mean, they just absolutely destroyed the Cleveland Browns. And I thought the Browns were going to come up with a big effort. So I'm laying one point. I'm going to take the Steelers and ride them out. Uh, then I just don't think the Bears are very good. I, I know they got a good record. Uh, the Rams are going to bounce back, and I think they're the way to play. So Monday night, I'll lay the uh, five points with the Rams. There it is. All right. Wow. Quarterback yeah. Jay Schrader. Well, I, I'm going to split between the two of those guys because I like the Browns to bounce back. Uh, I think the Browns are a much better football team uh, than people want to give them credit for. They're 4-2, and two and they, they can run the ball. So I see them beating the Bengals. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I love the Steelers, too. I think one point and the way they can play defense, I think they're going to be able to stop the run. And now the problem is a lot of people don't realize Ryan Tannehill's had one of the best years as a quarterback. I mean, he's up there in every statistical category there is. So, But I'm still going to take the Steelers. Then the other game I'm going to take is I'm going to take the 49ers going in and beating the Patriots. I think the 49ers have, uh, are starting to figure things out, and I think they're going to play well and, uh, and make a statement in that game. Jimmy Garoppolo coming back to New Jimmy, England Jimmy against Bill back. Belichick. Right? Yep. And what about Cam Newton? What do you make of him? Uh, you know, Cam Newton's an up-and-down guy. I thought the first couple of weeks, you know, he looked fantastic. A lot of play action. Um, but here again, now everybody's had a chance to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And now he's got to step up and, and do a little bit more extraordinary things. And I just don't, you know, I'm still not convinced that he throws the ball like he did when he first came into the league. I think the shoulder's still bothering him. He may not say that it's bothering him, but I think it, it's affecting the way he's throwing. All right. All right. Niners at New England. Looking forward to that game. I couldn't decipher either side of that game. So I started with... Buffalo. I'm going to lay 11 with the Buffalo Bills. Now, I understand that Josh Norman's not going to play. John Brown, we just heard, is not going to play. But I'm going to stick with it. Why? Because they're playing the New York Jets. Great point. The Good Jets point. are atrocious <laughs> on both sides of the ball. The offense dead last in every offensive category. They've scored a total of 75 points in six games. Last week, they had the big Z. That's right, the big zero last week. So uh, you know, we've seen Buffalo can score on the road here. We saw what they could do against the Raiders here in Vegas a couple weeks ago, Jay. Uh, they're coming off a tough home loss to Kansas City. I think this is a great bounce back spot for the Buffalo Bills against the worst team in the NFL. So I'm going to lay double digits with, with Buffalo. Packers and Houston. This is probably my favorite game on the board. I think the Packers are going to go in there and take care of business. Packers are great in these type of situations, especially coming off an embarrassing loss that they had last week at Tampa Bay. Rodgers was terrible. That is not going to happen two weeks in a row. Uh, And who are they facing? The Houston Texans? Maybe the second worst team in, in the NFL. And you hate to say that, and they've been putting up some points, but I mean, this team is 1-5. They're not good. Rodgers has found comfort in his tight end, Robert uh, Tayon, and Aaron Jones has been running the ball effectively for the pack, too. I think the defense can make enough plays to limit Tex- uh, the Texans offensively. So I'm going to lay 3.5 with the Packers, and uh, I'm going with you on, Brian. You know, Frank is really going to hate me because I'm going with the Packers, and then I'm going against his Bears. 
So I know wow. I, I'm getting the double whammy from Frank. I'm getting the evil eye already. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't care because you went against him last week against Carolina. So keep on picking against him there, buddy. There you go. You were the winner, no doubt. Rams laying uh, six, Brian. Yes, I'm, I'm all over. Uh, Rams finally get get home. They've been on the road, what, four of the last five weeks. Health is a concern, too. Bears have a plenty of injuries. The Rams are actually pretty healthy. And uh, I'm still not sold on, on Nick Foles. The Rams defense, fourth in the NFL. Aaron Donald can make it a long, tough night for Foles and the Bears offense. So I'm going to go Rams. Okay, I, I got one more to throw out there. I want, yeah. you, I want your opinion. Uh, what are the chances that Adam Gates is still the coach of the Jets come Monday morning? I'd say zero. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, yeah. I, I think the same. And we've been actually calling that. Uh, we we yeah. knew it was going to happen in Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, now yeah. we're looking at this situation. Yeah. I had a question on a team that's not on here that I thought was, was shocking to me was the quarterback change at the Dolphins. Yes. The Dolphins have looked really good for two straight weeks, and, right. and it's not. The, the quarterbacks played fantastic. Yeah. Why make the change? Yeah. Real quick, Jay. Well, why make the change? Because they're investing in the future, and they want to show everybody what the future is going to look like. And they, they probably figure no matter what they do, Ryan Fitzpatrick has played well, but they're probably still not going to win the win that division and get in the playoffs. So let's get the kid in and get him some. And, and you got to feel sorry for a guy like Fitzpatrick you do. too. You do. I mean, he's, he's played great. Well. Yeah. He's, he's been playing well. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's just a winner. Well. He gets out there and he does the job. He plays yep. hard every week. The players seem to like him yep. on his team, and right. uh, that's crazy. Game three tonight. You going Dodgers? You going? I'm going to go Dodgers. I'm going to go Dodgers. I think it's going to be like a three-two ball game. It's going to be good. Ballpark? I think the Dodgers get it done. Brian? i got to go contrarian then. There you go. I'm going raised. I mean, we can't have a, an even violence, uh, right? Yeah, We're going go. to the window. We're going to Walker <laughs> Bueller and the Dodgers tonight. We'll there see. Go. There you go. All right. Hey, we appreciate uh, Jay Schrader being with us. Anytime, my friend. Open invitation here. Thank you very much. It's been a blast. All right. And we're going to keep an eye on, on your best bets as well. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. We're at the Cosmopolitan every Friday. And, of course, Every Monday through Friday, 2 p.m., catch a show right here, tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a fantastic weekend.